What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Football Card Comp Kings. Today, we're going to be comping strategies because what's fascinating about this whole topic is that if this was 1985 right now, Raven, of course, everybody, mm -hmm. I'm joined by my wonderful code-breaking co-host, Sean from Raven Invest. What's up, everybody? If this were 1985 right now, Sean, we wouldn't be having this conversation because if we wanted to invest in a player's rookie cards, we would just go and get his rookie card. There's one option, two options, maybe if you're lucky, yep. right? Yep. And in, yep. in 1995, maybe there was three, four options if, if you're mm -hmm. lucky. And then you had to go to an event or go some, uh, send it off somewhere to get it autographed. But now... It's this totally different game. This is totally different than it was in the 80s and 90s. And Absolutely. that's because people like options. We we all like different things. You know, what uh, What I find tasteful and, and savory, you, you may find different. And we have different strategies because of this. And so we want to compare them. We want to comp them. Right, Sean? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we do here. We compare everything. We comp, comp, comp. Comps on comps on comps, right? That's the thing. Cheers. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm not drinking alcohol tonight, but I'll, I'll still cheers you. I don't know if that's uh, against the rules, but <laughs> not not at all, man. This is uh, this is Comp Kings after dark, but we're we're coming at you guys yeah. with some really interesting, compelling research that we've been working on. And uh, the, the first thing that we want to start off with is comparing our strategies because, you know, a lot of our investment strategy is based on our budget. If you have a $100 budget and you spend all $100 of that on one single card of one player, I mean, you could be left sitting on that card if that guy get in, gets injured or something worse mm -hmm. happens or he just underperforms and there just never is a demand spike for that player. And on top of it, maybe you bought the wrong card. Maybe you paid too much. Maybe mm -hmm. the condition isn't great. You know, so there are all those factors taken into consideration. You could be left sitting with that one card for a while. So it's not mm -hmm. smart to spend your entire budget on one card. We know that. We're, we're never going to recommend yep. that. But if you have a $100 budget and you're you're looking at investing between a $0.99 cent based Donruss rated rookie per se or a mm -hmm. $10 prism silver or a $20 or $30 maybe a base rookie ticket auto then there's some there's definitely some some variances in there there's different rois mm -hmm. there's different strategies different supply and demand rules and we want to compare those against each other absolutely absolutely and there's i, I from what i've seen there's viability in both both strategies um it's just a matter of what you're you're comfortable with what your risk you're able to to you know if I had just un you know unlimited disposable money, I wouldn't be buying the cards that I'm buying. I would be buying bigger cards. If I had started out like Sasha did with 15k, I would be buying. I'm just not. You know, I'm throwing ten dollars. I'm throwing twenty. I'm trying to. You know, it is a hobby for me, so I'm not trying to just to replace my job or anything like that. Like there are there are people you know um, that would like to do, and I'd love to be able to do cards. It's just not going to be with a family and you know, obligations and a mortgage and stuff. It's just not going to happen. I have to have a, a full-time job. Um, so this is just fun for me. So, um, you know, I got to, I got to make one, one thing, not, it's not just the financial thing, but buying the lower end cards takes the stress off it. Like, I don't feel like I have to sell the cards, you know, like there's no, uh, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that that don't necessarily put their rent money at risk or their mortgage money or their food money or anything like that. I'm, I'm not saying a lot of people are doing that, but um, I, I having the low end, the, the the low end stuff, as I said, just takes the the stress level out of it for me and allows me to enjoy the 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 successes of having a, a good flip. You know, the not. Like if you look, like we'll, we're going to compare or go over some different strategy in the sales and stuff. And although I may have only made a dollar or a dollar fifty on that flip, I 
doubled or tripled my money on it what for what i spent on it so i my my approach is is more of a i need to as i you know as we were talking earlier i need to instead of selling 50 cards a month i need to sell 500 cards a month and then i'll be on par with a person buying a 500 dollars card and flipping it for 600 or you know you know what i mean kind of thing so mm-hmm. that's you know it it's 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 not doesn't make you very popular on YouTube when you buy fifty cent dollar rated rookie dresses, but you know it it's it's w- what I'm comfortable with. It's you know it's it's something that I can sleep at night. I don't have to sweat it. You know, like I see Lameem James all the time putting stuff out. Um, like uh, one the other day, you know, it said you know my parents when I was uh, uh, thirty years old were buying a second house. You know, or, t- you know, now and today I'm, can, you want to take a second loan to buy a sports cards, you know, like <laughs> to me going into debt to buy sports cards is, you know, uh, it's a little bit, it, it, it's, it's okay. It's not comfortable for me. Like I, I, I could never do, you know, um, I've, I've seen a couple of strategies where people, um, in like, um, would borrow to, uh, invest in stocks or you know bonds and things like that and like you know um, success a few successful people have mentioned stuff like that you borrow money to not to buy uh, liabilities like you know computers or cars or houses or you know you you buy stuff that makes you more money you borrow money mm. to make money right invest in business yeah yeah you know st- things like that right so but I mean, when you have such a good feel, a good uh, pulse on the market, right? And, and you're just so confident in that that move, I, I do feel that you've got to, right? You've got to have money to make money. You've got to take risks to be able to to win, to win money. Uh, but I want to I want to go back to something you said about your ROI. Because I think that's something that's really different. And and I think that's the big differentiating factor between buying base uh, to base, what I call now base short print cards. So I'm calling now mm-hmm. like uh, prism silvers, you know, club level yep. select silvers, field levels. Mm-hmm. I'm calling those base SP cards or base short print cards because mm-hmm. they don't have a serial number. They don't have an autograph. They don't have a... And, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but a jersey patch, because I think jersey patches are something important. That's I think it's jersey patches are like a trap these days that we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll address that. But your 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 ROI on these base cards and these base short print cards are what would you say they are? Oh, they're always, you know, uh hundred to two hundred percent. 100 to 200 percent but they're just like there's guys that i miss yeah yeah there's guys that i miss on there's guys that i end up having to drop my price because i can't sell the card because they're they you know they suck or they're you know they got into trouble or you know what i mean stuff like that like there there's sales that i definitely have that are under the 100 percent roi but that's my goal is to 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 hit that hundred percent and more more and often than not I, I I exceed it. But it's taking buying a thirty cent card and selling it for seventy cents, eighty cents. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's not the monetary value is not there. It's not going to be something that I'm going to uh, get onto Com C's IG page as a flip of the month kind of stuff. But it's steady, and uh, you know, I've been on Com C since January, so it's all been almost a year. But for up until April, I hardly had any cards for sale because I was buying them and holding them, not reselling them, waiting for prime time to sell them to to get the most out of it, kind of thing, right? So, but then once April came, I just kept been having, you know, I threw ten bucks in, I'd buy a few cards and i'd have no sales and that would be it you know i was selling you know i'd have like 10 or 15 cards that i was i uh, think i could flip in the playoffs or whatever you know what i mean kind of thing and came april i just said well okay i just need to start selling some card because i'm just going to keep putting money in and nothing's coming back and you know i have to wait till september i 
to, you know, August, September to be able to sell the cards. You know, I can't do that. So I went in and I sold, put everything for sale. And from that point in, and everything that I'm buying on Comp C is purposely bought to only resell on Comp C. Meaning like the price that I'm buying on is a suitable price that I can resell it on Comp C within a reasonable amount of time. And I passed up on a whole bunch of deals because they weren't very, you know, there was uh, high numbers or there was a guy, you know, I, the card was for sale for say 65 cents, but there was a guy that had 30 of them at 75 cents. So I, you know, to make any profit on that, he'd have to sell those 30. I'd have to sell or somebody would have to buy those 30 cards first before they get to my card at a profit to, for me to make profit, you know, things like that. Mm. So, but that 65 cent card, I have no doubt that I probably could have flipped it for a dollar or two on eBay. And that's the other downfall with it, uh, with the base cards. They, I, I find they don't do as well for people on eBay because of that they're so low value like low value cards are hard to sell on ebay unless you do the pwe and even with that i don't find very many that do pwe they do 4.99 five dollar shipping and 99 cent auction usually the auction goes for one or two dollars and then you so you're paying seven dollars for a base card anyway right they just disguise yeah. it in shipping right? yeah so, so let's kind of un un unpack that a little bit sean uh, i think mm -hmm. that the reason why that is is i think that ebay is has become it has evolved into a marketplace uh where the majority of higher end investor and collectors go to right uh for not just collecting but investing and uh com c also i think because com c has the software integration with ebay for their listings to be able to show up as buy it nows mm -hmm. on ebay that you have a ton more activity through com c because of that if there wasn't that mm -hmm. ebay integration i do not think that com c's sales activity would be nearly the same probably not no i, I would agree with that probably along the lines of what star stock would be what star stock has become right you mm -hmm. know um Starstock to me is almost become just a buy only, right? Like, um, the only I'm, I'm buying A's of cards that I want to grade, and I'll get them graded eventually, and that's the only reason that I'm buying an A right now. Um, then things may change in the future, and it may pick back up, and it may get more traffic, and they may actually watch your videos and take some of your advice to improve their site, and you know, get some more traffic and sales generated to their site, but. They're trying to do their own live auctions now, you know, but 90%, you know, 90 or maybe not 90, say 70% of their, their um, inventory is raw cards graded in either A or B, and they're only doing auctions on graded cards. That, did, that didn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think, yes, definitely... Um, one of the re and I, I get quite a few eBay's that are direct from eBay sales, you know, quite a few, not as many as on site purchases or instant purchases as they call them or whatever. But um, I do have quite a, and I do get quite a bit of cart sales, which are people that just don't have an account, find the cards on Com C, load it into a cart, and pay for it. Yeah, and, that's uh, the beautiful you know, thing about Com C is. E you know, you have the ability to instantly buy it and instantly relist it without ever having to take possession. The same thing with Starstock, but at least ComC has that, you know, integration with eBay. Now your your fees are twice as much on ComC. You're having to, you're subjected to the same fee structure as eBay. I guess my my question for you, Sean, is do you think that you could move the volume? Because obviously, if I were to buy a 99 cent card on eBay, and this is kind of another reason why I evolved my strategy, and I think a lot of people evolved mm. their strategy, is like, it, it, you know, we get to the point where we have hundreds of cards in our collection. We can't possibly display them all. A lot of them are now base cards, and and we're looking to like just basically have better cards in our collection, <laughs> and. And we want to, and and so a lot of people that want to have better cards in their collection are buying better cards, 
and we want to make it worth our while, right? We want to make it worth our while. And so do you think you can move the volume of base cards to equate to the same dollar value in profit gained of a short print autograph card? And I want to use this card real quick as an example, Sean, before you answer that, I want to just show you my screen is a Van Jefferson optic Mm -hmm. on card auto purple stars, prism autographs on card autos number 26 out of 50. So this is a serial number card. It's on card auto. It's rated rookie. It checks a lot of boxes. Van Jefferson's been uh, one of Matt Stafford's favorite red zone targets. I bought Mm -hmm. this for $30 on through comp C I would say mm-hmm. about two months ago, and I just recently sold it uh, just uh, over a week ago for right under fifty dollars at forty-seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. around a sixty-five percent profit, sixty-five um, percent profit on that card. Uh, that that you know netted me seventeen dollars and fifty cents in profit after ComC took their fees. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, that's an excellent flip. I mean, but for my end, like my Van Jefferson's, I would buy a base for 45 cents and, and then, you know, sell it for a dollar. Right. So the percentages are there, just the volumes are not. Now, if you were to take all the Van Jefferson's that I've sold over two months, I could probably get you to that price of that card, but in one day, one sale, or one batch of sales, I, I I don't think I would be able to get to that kind of point. You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of the people's approach to base cards is, while well, they're not going to be worth hundreds of dollars unless they're a quarterback. You know, like there's very rare that you're going to get a base card worth hundreds of dollars unless it's you know 15 years old. You know what I mean? Um, so people people don't think there's any profit in them or uh, you know uh, collectors buy base cards i buy base cards as a ravens collector i buy a ton of ravens base cards um the base card for me does not need to go more like if i buy a base card at 50 cents i don't need it to go to 20 dollars. i don't need it to go to 30 i'm not expecting it to go to 20 dollars or 30 dollars if I buy a base card and I sell it for a dollar fifty, I'm really happy. The thing is, I as I said, I need to do that ten or fifteen times, right? And the way I think I'm gonna now, you asked me a question. You think I could do the volume with the single? If I was doing one single base card uh, eBay auction, I don't believe I could. Mm. For Comp C, I think I might have a shot. But if I was selling individual base cards on eBay, I don't think I could make that enough sales to make up that difference, which is why I'm now looking at selling them in one shot in a lot. Right. Mm. So I'm looking at five, 10, uh, 15, 20 card lots of players, teams, especially I'm focusing right now on playoff teams, potential, um, you know, those uh, seven, six and seven, fifth, six, seven seeds there that are not going to have high expectations going into the playoffs and, you know, hope, bulk up in a bunch of their their you know rookie cards skill positions wide receivers i'm even going like if they've got a, a defensive star i'm even picking up defensive stars to add them in to appeal to collectors and investors you know um these these are intended to appeal to people that want to pick them up at the start of the playoffs thinking that that team is going to progress further in the playoffs and the further down the playoffs they go the more potential they have to sell these cards, right? So I think I'm what's important to, to, to kind of note there is that you are seeing demand for base cards. It's not like demand has totally just disappeared. There's nobody out there wanting to collect yeah. or invest in base cards. There, There's still a lot of people, right, that want to... Yeah, there, are, there are. It's just the, the way that they get them is not cohesive to the the the, the low the low amount right like the 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 people on com c and people who buy base cards on com c and star stock they do well because they can buy 12 base cards and have one shipping cost right that that group shipping 
is a big factor when you get mm. to low-end cars, right? So the only way to alleviate that on eBay is to group them all together for them, just like they would buy a group of them on ComC and offer them one price. And I'm even I've even worked it out so some of the lots, most of the lots anyway, I'll be able to offer free shipping to even make it more enticing to them, you know. <clears throat> so yeah, that makes sense. That that's that that's the way I think that uh, I'm going to be able to. Because um, I mean, like I, I look, I totaled up. I think I'm at like uh, just just over two thousand cards between the two platforms right now, and they're all active starting players. They're um, some of those are PC cards though, so I'd say probably I have you know sixteen hundred and fifty investment cards. And I did I did the math the other day, and um, I I wake up worked out to that even including my pc cards it's like for the the cash actual physical cash not including the profits that i've made flipping but just the cash that's come out of my pocket to go into comp c and star stock i'm at about 82 cents a card i've paid so the, my current what i have currently have in my inventory versus what i've put in from my cash i'm at 82 cents a card <coughs> at like I think it was like 2,090 cards or something like that is my total between the two sites. So let me, <clears throat> let me ask you, Raven, what if, what if somebody came to you with a one of one Lamar Jackson card that's autographed and they said, I will trade you this card. If you give me every single one of your cards in your Com C vault and and in your collection, would you trade all two thousand plus of your cards for that one? In a in a second, in a second, because everything mm -hmm. that I have is easily replaceable, and even even the PC cards that I've bought in there, there's not anything there that I can't buy again. I may not get it for the most fantastic price, but I would never have a chance to get a Lamar one of one. There's no, I don't have it in my budget to be able to. As I said, unless unless I start and I mean, if this eBay thing takes off and I'm able to pipeline all my Starstock Bs and my Com C base cards onto e eBay and these stuff, I'll start buying bigger cards. I'll start buying you know higher end cards. I just I can't I can't as you said like if I'm putting twenty dollars in, even buying the twenty five dollar uh, base uh, uh, ticket auto, that's my whole budget on one card right so yeah i'm applying that same theory i just doing it down a ladder right <laughs> you have a hundred dollar budget and so you're not spending that four hundred dollar budget you're going down to 20 or 30 dollar cards and buying a couple of them well i'm doing the same thing i have a 20 dollar budget i'm just going down to the dollar or two dollar cards you know mm. <laughs> yeah so it's a but matter I, of like do you want to make one move a month or would you like to at least be able to make like you know, yeah. five to 10 like, or I'm, 10 I'm, to 20 moves a month, you know, I'm averaging about, about probably I'd say about 45 sales a month on Com C 70 at peak. And I think like 20 is my low. Right. So where's I'm averaging I mean, like, you know, I'm averaging like three or four, but I'm selling SGC tens. I'm selling, I sold a Clyde yeah. Edwards Hilaire tie dye out of 25 last week or this Van Jefferson, yeah. you know? So I'm still making a few hundred dollars, but it's it's out of like three or three or four sales versus your you know twenty yeah. to thirty smaller ones. Yeah, and and to you know I'm probably not gonna you know I had I had a I had a little bit of a I had a really good flip there with those those uh, with Mika Parsons playing really well that last weekend there. Mm, um, so right. I had some really really high dollar uh, like flips like um, you know five hundred percent. ROI on that, you know, I bought, I uh, was two uh, press proof blue um, Mika Parsons and I bought that's them. That's the base short each. print of Donruss, right? Yeah, that's a co the Maybe. colored short print of Donruss. Co color match exactly short print of base Donruss. Yeah. And you were in yeah. on those early because, Sean, you are a huge Ravens fan and you understand the value behind defenses, right? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And I knew that guy's going to blow up. I knew he was, I, I knew he was a stud. I knew he was going to like, he's second in odds to be defensive of the play defensive player of the year, not defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. So as soon as I saw those cards for three bucks, I, I bought, I hopped, I hopped right on them and got them. I sold one for uh, $9 and there was four for sale. I think at the three for sale at the time I had, mine was just under $9. One guy had it at 10 and one guy had 29 for $29. So I put my $9 one up to put it uh, to, you know, that's like almost triple my money and I need to start putting a little bit more money back in the, in the tank there. So I put that up for sale. I figure he's going to pop soon. Well, he had a big game last, you know, he had a, a good game last weekend. Well, my $9 one sold and the $10 one sold. So that left the $29 one. So I'm like, ah, what the hell? I'll, I'll throw the, I'll throw it up for 25 bucks. And it sold within six minutes. <laughs> six Five, minutes, I, you, dude. You, you, well, okay. Maybe, I, I, you know, I can even no, track no, no, the time not, on. I know you're not I, kidding because I remember in the no, 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 I, I don't, you were saying. Yeah. I don't know if it was actually, but it seemed like just minutes. Like it, it was, yeah. you know, and so, I mean, I spent six bucks and I sold them for 30, $33, I think, and changed after the comp C fees and everything like that. So now was that, was that on Sunday or was that on Monday? That after was a, the game? No, that was on Sunday. That was like that in the middle of the game. Sunday. That was the yep. Washington when that Dallas was, played Washington and he was all over Heineke, who was supposed to be a yeah. dual threat Konami code quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's yeah he he made him have a bad game, mm. but I knew like I knew right off the bat like I got a bunch of I've been able to get in good with uh, a couple of star stock A's, um of his base I mean it's just his base rookie there but uh, I'll get a cup uh, I'll get a couple of those graded I think um, because we've seen that um, the defensive rookies of the year uh, hang in that that mid range skill position player price range right so like chase young's based on russ is hanging in that three four buck range two two to three four buck range kind of thing you know um so i expect his base card to settle in around there now uh i don't know i i each year i apply um the print factor right so 2020 if i have a player that's at the same skill as a 2019 rookie and that 2019 rookies card is $20. I know that 2020 there was more cards printed. So, you know, maybe I'm thinking that's the $16 because of the print difference. You know what I mean? So um, that's the kind of way that I, I, I look at it there. So, um, yeah, that's right. You follow with <clears throat> you investing in base cards and you're, you're definitely, you have been investing in 2021 rated rookies a lot. I know you're a big Kyle Trask. I'm yeah. on that. I'm on that. I hope that people snooze on him well into next off season they have upcoming because I'm going to be on his more um, like some of his more mid and higher end stuff. Um, but have you seen the uh, the the quantities of cards listed for these players on Com C increase in the last month or is it kind of? Uh, yeah, they're trickling. Absolutely, they're 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 definitely trickling and. With ComC now offering this fresh polls promotion thing, so any any card set that's come out in the last three months, I believe it is ninety days, they half the fee to load it onto the site. Mm. So they're encouraging people really? to send these fresh. And with now with retail the way it is and breaking the way it is, you're going to have an influx of these cards. Um, the thing is, though, with Kyle Trask, right now, the last time I looked, I think there was like 25 base uh, rated rookies on there. I own 47 of them. <laughs> That's the one thing about so Tom C, though. You can, have, you can have a lot of cards in the vault, and the uh, a prospect, a, seller, uh, a buyer, I mean, will never know how many are not shown on the website, right? There can be a ton sitting in. And that's in your the, one, the one thing. The one thing that's a definitely a, uh, an advantage in some instances over ComC over Starstock, because you can see how many cards are on Starstock, how many are for sale, and how many are in the vault. One thing with ComC, I, I guess that the, you know it plays. I guess depending on whether you're a buyer or seller, it plays into 
your advantage to not see how many are available, um, you know, totally. But you can you can get pretty close. I, I've figured out a little bit of a calculation that kind of gives me a general idea of what we're looking at possibly could either be off the site or not in vault because they show you how many cards have been sent home. They have an overall transactions and things like that. So you do some, some simple math on take this number minus this number and you get this, you know, it gives you a ballpark of what could be available. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that it is, but it, it gives you a ballpark for sure. But uh, yeah, I, there's been a couple of guys that I've I, I've uh, started to get into, and a lot of a lot of the the 2021s are just I, I see them cheap price you know like like you were talking about Kellen Mon there in a couple of uh, your videos there I've heard you mention him I haven't really done any too much of my own analysis on him um, because I am early doing a bunch of other things. But I, you know, like I see, is is rated rookie for seventy cents or you know sixty five cents. I'll pick it up, you know, because I know like even Jacob Eason's, you know, is a dollar or two dollars. He's selling for, you know, and I mean he's not a great quarterback in any any stretch of the mind. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll take a young guy who still has a chance to succeed and still has a chance to, you know. Yeah, young guy that still has a chance to succeed that has yeah. not shown any level of floor or ceiling on the NFL <coughs> on, on on an NFL uh, field. So you know <laughs> the speculation is through the roof. It's kind of it, you know the hype it can be at an all time high. The, the 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 slightest amount of performance can cause the biggest amount of demand spike in that player's rookie cards because it's the FOMO. It's it goes back yeah. to the FOMO, man. You know? Like and I'm I'm just looking at Kyle Trask on on Starstock right now to kind of see what they and, and so like we're talking about those differences. I, Here you can I, see I, there's I would bet that the, I would yeah I would bet that the most of those offers are mine. I I I layer offers. So what I'll do is I'll start a, a, a 25 cent offer on a card. And if nobody bites, I'll leave that 25 cent offer. I'll put like say three 25 cent offer, like one, one uh, grouping of three 25 cent offers. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Maybe somebody's someday, got their know, Kyle you know? Trask based Donner's rated rookie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you're listening to this for $25,000 on star. I wonder, I wonder if his uh, zero button got stuck or something on his keyboard and it just kept on putting zeros and he couldn't stop it or something. Anyway, no, no, I think he did this on purpose, I man. Know. I think he there's got people this that do that, truther that uh, got there's been guys that. that have there's been guys that have bought 60 cent cards for me and they relist it right away for 19.99. Like, I, I mean, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know. Like, how can you expect, like, I understand there's, there's FOMO and I know people make, uh, you know, impulsive buys and stuff like that, but that, that's a big stretch. You know what I mean? I never expect any of my 50, $60 cards to go to $30, you know, they need to go to five or six bucks. And I, I believe that, you know, that's a good market value for them. And if I'm getting them at a good price, then I'm, I'm confident that I can, you know, sell them when they when they play well that's the other part right you got to rely on the player to pay play well you could he could have all the analytics in the world everything in front of him the team the coach the everything and and he, you know like look at vernon golston man like mike mayock pretty much told everybody he's going to be like the next superstar and he was a very good draft evaluator he's horrible and i don't know what the hell happened to him in las vegas you know what I mean? Like he just all of a sudden turned into, you know, he's like possessed by uh, Al Davis or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> he he swore up and down that Vernon Golston for the Jets was going to be a beast. He, you know what I mean? And dude couldn't get on the field, couldn't, you know, they they wouldn't start him. You know, he was like a fifth overall wild pick and uh, fifth overall pick. It's getting late here. My my words are getting slurred. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and he, he tanked really bad. So, I mean, you, you just never know, like you, you know, 
I always equate it to 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 a poker. You know, aces are to pocket aces and and hold them are the best hand, starting hand that you can have. But you know what? Sometimes pocket aces lose. You know, they only mm-hmm. win a certain percentage of the time, even though they're the best hand. Right. So that's the the kind of the way that I look at it. You know, if you're making educated guesses by uh, uh, interpreting the analytics and the statistics properly, you're going to make more correct decisions than bad decisions. You're not going to be perfect. You know, we don't all have a crystal ball and see what, you know, happens to, uh, you know, we're if we if we did, then we wouldn't be doing these videos and we'd be sitting in a mansion somewhere. Right. So. It's all so you, you do the best you can with what you have, and if you do solid work and solid research, and you're looking at the right stats and you're understanding what they mean and and how they represent to on-field performance, then you're going to get more rights than you're going to get wrongs. And then if you take the the you know the paying attention to the price, doing your comparisons, know the set, know the platform, you know. Like that's why we're trying to bring all these things into the quest shark all. So it's all in one screen for you. It may not have everything available out there on the web. And that's just because I could probably spend six years coding everything that's out there. So we're trying to pluck the best things that are out there so that you have them at your fingertips. So you can look at the price. You can look at the uh, player's uh, performance potential because there's just so many factors into what can, you know, Make a player, you know, and we had talked about that in in, in the Discord there, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, the big SCI incident where somebody had said that he, the performance didn't matter. Well, I don't know how it can't, you know. Yeah. So it's all fine and dandy to to see what a card's been selling, and I understand the value of a card is dictated by you know everybody comps eBay auctions to the value of a card, but. If the, you buy the card at $20 and it's a great price and the player never does anything, what does it really matter? You bought a card for $20 at a low price. You need to be able to understand the game, understand and be able to pick players that are going to ascend or are going to be better than they are now. You know, that's how you get ahead. Yeah. That's how you get the big flips. You, you know, <clears throat> you yeah, know buying like, Hall of Famers yeah. is safe. But you, you, you know, you got to wait 20 years before you realize that profit. Like, you know, yeah, and I'm and not saying in any way are subject to the same are, are subject to the the natural ebb and flow of the hobby as a whole, you know, mm. because yeah. if someone gets into the hobby, of course, they're going to look at the blue chip stocks that uh, we could call them the Google and Amazons Absolutely. of Tom mm-hmm. Brady or even going like further back to vintage, like Walter Payton and Roger Staubach and Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you know, all these guys, Calvin Johnson, like all the, the mm-hmm. goats of, of the NFL. And you could look at those guys and look at their prices and they kind of fluctuate because they're not playing anymore because they don't mm-hmm. have the volatility of injuries or bad performances mm-hmm. or team mm-hmm. scenarios. They're they're firmly cemented in the Hall of Fame. They're not no longer what only thing that they're really doing is maybe having a a TV event. Maybe they're having a documentary release. Then that's when you want to mm-hmm. like follow that kind of stuff. And that's what we saw drive yeah. a big demand at the beginning of the sports card boom in 2020 for Michael Jordan, Scottie Pittman, and uh, Dennis Rodman and those guys. And yeah. uh, that that Last Dance documentary when nothing else was going on. But when it comes to football now in the modern day, it is absolutely tied to performance. But it's not just performance. It's performance plus supply and demand oh, of the actual card you're buying and the price point you get mm-hmm. in at. They're, 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 because there's so much grayer. Mm-hmm. There's so many different sets, so many different cards you can target, so many different conditions of that card you can target mm-hmm. that you you got to look at the supply and demand and comp. That's why we're the comp king. You got to comp that stuff against itself, against uh, multiple different buying and selling platforms. Also, again, on the same platform of what they're recently at and also mm-hmm. of peers in their same draft class of that same card, same condition, same set, same parallel. You've got to comp mm-hmm. all that stuff together to really make an educated decision uh, to, de- to determine 
what you want to get in on this card at and then also like what you want to get out at because sean you i think you'll agree with me even when it comes to buying base cards that it's a lot easier to buy a card than it is to sell a card well that actually uh, uh, let me let me correct you uh, i i believe it's easy to sell a card it's hard to sell a card for profit mm. right? that's the thing selling okay. cards is easy like right selling a card for profit Profit is where the tricky part comes in because the yeah. now yeah, the price clarification. comes in, right? Right? Like that that's the big thing to me. Like that's that's the this the the part where I've now replaced like other than the stuff that I've got in for fantasy with you during the live streams and stuff like that. I'm not playing fantasy anymore. I'm into cards. That's what I'm doing full time. That's what I'm paying attention to. That's why you know I'm on you know I I can't do fantasy and not put everything into it. Like I, you know, like it, I'm doing it for fun because I, I did it with you to support the channel and everything like that. And the best ball, to be honest with you, kind of intrigued me a little bit. That's a different format that I'm used to and things like that. So I threw, you know, 10, 20 bucks on, we got the bonus and, you know, I'm getting my arse kicked in, in our leagues. They're pretty, pretty bad, but I haven't put in the work. I don't put it like, when I when I'm playing fantasy, I'm putting probably 15 hours a week of research in for my lineups the next weekend. Like I'm putting in the work to understand matchups, to understand you know playing conditions, what the weather going to be like, what the the game scripts is going to be like, uh, what's the the Vegas odds? How are they running? Are they flopping back and forth? Are they switching? Are they you know? Like there's a lot of time and a lot of effort to put in it to be successful. Like, you know, I, I I've never been able to just you know throw throw a dart at the wall and pick a winning fantasy lineup. I've never done that. I've always put the work in. I've always you know done my due diligence. I've you know research. You know what I mean. And sometimes you miss. Sometimes you you hit really big. It just it's the way it happens, right? You know, um, because there's the human factor in the any given Sunday. You can have everything lined up for you. And then one thing goes one way and, you know, you lose a, a, a guy that, you know, if fantasy wise, a left tackle doesn't mean, mean very much, but he's a big part of the game. You lose a, a left tackle in a game and that quarterback is going to now be conscious that his blindside protector is now gone and uh, has a lower end player potentially back, you know, coming in to back him up. So there's, you know, there's, human factors that that are you know that sometimes just don't work out for it you know what i mean so but without that um analysis that i put in i don't feel comfortable putting any money into uh fantasy football so i'm having fun with cards i'm having fun flipping the cards and it's 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 you know it's it's like i was a kid again when i'm trading with my friends and things like that i've picked up you know, 250 Ravens cards that I'm just absolutely ecstatic about that I can't wait to get home, you know? So it's just a blast for me in that respect kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, man, it is It is a blast. I love, uh, you know, getting these cards in the mail and examining them and looking at them and adding them to my collection. And it is a lot of fun because I know it's like, wow, man, this is phenomenal. Like, I, I'm not worried about, like having to decide between starting Tom Brady or Kyler Murray this week, you know, in my fantasy lineup, both of them are fantastic to have in my collection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like any of these number of skill position players, like, and in fact, it's, it's almost um, a complete opposite an indirect correlation at times, because you want to look at the guys who just, finished terrible right just like guys that just finished absolutely terrible last week they're not in a position right now to be starting fantasy assets in your playoffs mm -hmm. but however 2022 is just around the corner the draft is just around the corner mm -hmm. and there is going to be big changes there's going to be trades there's going to be signings there's going to be moves and the the the, the season is going to start completely fresh completely new and certain guys are really explosive they've shown to be really competent whether it's contested catches or route running 
or speed or burst or broken tackles or, you know, yards created or air yards or like deep ball completion percentage, like all this stuff. And it's like, I, I'm target. I'm going to go ahead and dig in on those guys, rookie cards now. And just, I'm going to mm-hmm. let, put them on my wall or let them sit, let them sit here in my collection. And, and when the time comes, I'll be ready. You know, I'll be ready to sell those for a nice profit. And your your um, your percentage of succeeding in that is going to be a lot higher than, <laughs> you know, trying to get that one week right yeah. in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, like the, you know, I, in the end, if if my fantasy lineup doesn't do well that week, I have nothing to show for it. If I buy a card and it doesn't sell, I still have that card. I can still enjoy that card. Even I can enjoy cards even if they're not my PC cards. Like I, all the cards that I physically purchased uh, in in person, I still have. I'm not so I have nowhere really avenue to yeah. sell them, so I'm keeping them. I've got them sorted in. You know, I, I bought those three Donruss blasters, uh, so I've got them sorted in sets. So I've got the you know you know what I mean like. I enjoy having cards. I look at my cards all the time. I've got my two Lamar, my Lamar field level there and the Lamar that I got graded from PGX there. I got them sitting right beside me all the time. You know, they're like, you know, I don't have a necessarily a background like you where I have like stuff hung up yet. Uh, I will actually, I found, I found something uh, neat on Amazon kind of breaks off the topic a little bit, but I always had the idea that I wanted to build like a an acrylic kind of pyramid right and have like my king grail card on the top and then mm. have shelves that go down the bottom and put the the slabs on the on the bottom to you know i couldn't really find like i was typing in acrylic base and this and that and you know and i thought you know running purple purple led lights uh, underneath it you know to to highlight it with the, the nice purple led lights and then I found cake things like for layered cakes and they're going to, they come with lights and everything. They work perfect. It's good. It spins and everything. <laughs> so I'm going to buy a cake, wow. a, a cake stand from Amazon to display my cards on. I think that that's going to look good. I'm going to get that's pretty cool, man. I can't wait to see what that looks like. Yeah. I just got to really get, cool. now I got to get the cards to put on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So sp- speaking of which, man, I-, I mean, we got a little bit of time left in this show, man. Go ahead. I want to hear. I want to hear. I've got fifty five dollars in my ComC account. I know some guys out there right now. I, uh, you know, I've capitalized on a few eBay auctions this week um, that I'm that I'm really excited about um, that I've shared in the Discord. But I want to hear from you first. Before I share what I'm what I'm looking at right now, I want to hear from you. Have you looked at any um, other teams that you're targeting for 2022 or the upcoming offseason that that you feel very I'm, confident about right now? Uh, I've been targeting some. I, I, I you know as it's made it well aware, I'm trying to put some lots together um, for eBay. So I'm trying to right now kind of just fill in those lots with some. Uh, some nice color cards there. Some, you know, uh, I, I'm buying a little bit of everything. You know, I'm I'm trying to fill in the lots, and I can't. I'm I'm finding a ton, a ton of good deals on athletes that are, um, not broken out yet. Like guys that are going to get their shot in 2022 more than likely. Um, you know, like you know the guys I talked about in our a uh, couple episodes ago, Keyshawn Vaughn and um, mm-hmm. Johnson and Tampa Bay. So I've been keeping my eyes out for that. And just anything that I can find that, you know, good players of cheap cards. And I have a lot of safe searches in Com C. Like I, I shared that um, uh, silver uh, uh, field level, sorry. It was a field level link for Com C. So you click on the link and it gives you every field version of card for since since they've been out since there is a field Ooh, level version really right so you can you can sort them by lowest price highest price auctions um and i do a lot of, I, I i try to put together links like that's how i'm able to find these deals because i have these pre-built links that i just click on a link and it takes me to um a, a set page of whatever i want to craft using the filters 
you know, like you could do it with clubs. You can, you could do it with premier level for select. You can do silvers. I have one where I click on it and it shows me any card uh, with a silver in the title, you know, uh, from like 20, uh, you know, um, 2020, not 2019, you know, uh, stuff, you know, and it doesn't limit it to prism um, anything with a silver, you know, I find that's the, 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 the best thing is using that filter for the color match. So I'll filter down to a player. I'll filter down to his rookie card. And then I'll go into the filter search box and type in red or blue. And it gives, you know, if he's blurs uh, like DeAndre Swift, I type in blue. And it gives me all the cards that DeAndre Swift uh, have some sort of blue in the title. So there's a chance to, to find color matches. You know what I mean? Um, reds and, and, you know, if you want die cuts, you use the filter type in die cuts. It gives you all the, the, the filters to pop up. If, if eBay was like this, where you could search more efficiently and it wasn't up to the user, that would probably uh, be a little bit of detriment to the seller. But I think you would even bring more people in and, uh, for card because you would be able to find a lot more. And it makes it a lot easier um, to know that you're not getting ripped off, right? Like if they, like if you're going to sell a card and you you type in uh, a search term, say you're selling a 2020 Prism, whatever, a rookie, you know, uh, Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you type in uh, 2020 Prism, and it brings a checklist up in eBay as you're listing the card. You you know click on the the set. It brings a drop-down menu. You click on the, the card number or the player, and it preloads all the card information for you, mm. right? So that there's no PSA 10 question mark, question mark, question mark. There's no, <laughs> right? And then e eBay doesn't have to worry about policing that because they've already pre-built in the name for you. That, you that's a fascinating topic, man. But the thing is, the it's still on the onus of the card owner that's selling the card to know what card they have, and picture it properly, right? Because yeah, um, how many of us have run across that silver and it's not a silver, or a hollow and it's not a hollow? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh and, yeah, dude, I capitalized big time on a Dak Prescott pink prism this week because the guy took a bad picture with the card in his hand at a bad angle. You couldn't see the prism at all, but it's in an SGT slab. I know that sucker's got it. It's a, it's a prism, and I'll be, I know how to set my lighting up perfectly. So it's like I'll be able to capitalize on that instantly. For sure. For sure. But I think I, th that, dude, that's fascinating. That so basically, you're saying to have eBay identify these. Uh, these cards and and well at least identify like certain parameters so it's basically like s naming your card by selecting from these these drop down lists or, yeah. or something like that to where yeah, it's like it's like a pre pre-filtered like the i mean that would obviously take a little bit of work for ebay to checklist every card or yeah. you know kind of thing then that would take some work but you would, I, I think you would, you would get a lot of confusion. You would get a happy buyer. It may not make the sellers a, a lot happier because uh, a lot of them rely on, on tricky wording in their titles to be able to sell their cards. You know what I mean? Um, and I know, and the, there's a lot of honest eBayers out there, but there's a lot of guys there that are, are trying to wordsmith you into buying their card with their titles. And, you know, and there's, SEO is a factor, you know, too, as well with, uh, with, um, you know, searching your cards. If you don't spell it right, if you don't, you know what I mean? Like for, for it, it'll help some sellers, I think, but I think it will be more of a detriment to some, well, it'll be detriment to the people who are looking to make a quick buck off somebody for sure. Right. Because, you know, how many people have you heard stories? The first time they get into a hobby, they go to buy a card and think they're buying something and it's completely different. You know, just because they didn't know any better, you know. But if it's oh if yeah, it's a standardized list, you know, that just still doesn't stop people from picking the wrong card and showing the wrong picture of the wrong card. But at least yeah, it, some, it, some, some of these sort of... platforms have like have like 
uh, man, it's 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 like the wild, wild west, you know, and eBay can be like that if you're not careful, right? You could accidentally buy a, a refrigerator magnet or a sticker. I remember my brother-in-law when he first got into the hobby. Uh, this was before the this last season started. So we're talking back in like August, um, July time frame of 2021. And he sent me a listing of a of a 2020 Christian McCaffrey card that was a prism, but it was a base prism 2020 Christian McCaffrey mm. for $40. And he was like, oh, dude, is this a good deal? And I'm like, no, no, it's not, man. No, Do no. not buy that, <laughs> you know? And it, it happens, you know, like I, I bought into a, I thought I was buying two Don Russ hangers. There was two minutes left in the auction, no bids, and it was 99 cents. I should have known better. I'm not. I'm not a, you know, a naive person, but I just saw the the title of it and didn't catch the fact that it was for a team in in a in a break, and thought I was getting two hanger boxes for for ninety nine cents mm. American, and ended up it was you know the worst part about it was it was the Denver Broncos, so not necessarily a highly coveted drafting rookie team this year kind of thing, and. The Ravens weren't sold. The Ravens were unbid on. So he sold the rest of the unbid teams to one guy for one lump sum. He just offered it in the chat of the break and said, you know, we got 10 spots left. Highest bidder wins for the remaining 10 spots. And the Ravens were one of the 10. So I bought a team that I had no interest in. I could have got a Ravens one, but I wanted to honor it. I didn't want to be, you know, that guy that, that, oops my kid hit the bid button you know i don't want to be that guy so i paid for the auction i took my cards and didn't really get too much but anyway it's only a couple bucks so it's nothing to cry home about but you know yeah. it just shows that you know not even somebody who supposedly like me knows what i'm doing i could still make mistakes by you know by looking at the title and not having you know um, you know, like he, he had like a four line title and the first two lines only showed or something like, you know what I mean? That was, it was not apparent until I went back after and really went into the, to the auction. Oh sh crap. This was for the Denver Broncos. This wasn't for the hanger boxes, you know? Anyway. So I, so, I think that, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying before, but I mean, before we get out of here, I think that's, um, man, it's just, it's just such a wonderful strategy. And even to double down on that, I've I've changed the way that I'm doing my auction sniper article on Patreon to be on Monday because we're seeing the best deals go down throughout the week on auctions. And I'm just like, why have I not started doing this earlier? And so, you know, instead of uh just like i'm just instantly like this week monday like we need to set up for the week because that's when the best auctions end when people are the most distracted and mm -hmm. uh you have the fewest amount of people competing against these cards in auctions and i think at the end of the day both of our strategies are valid it just depends on the marketplace that you're you're looking at depends on the marketplace you're looking at also the budget that you have is mm. very important and the um the age of the player like the the draft year mm. you know we talk about cards going back to early 2000s and mid 2000s and hall of famers then yeah i mean base cards are definitely safe investments also extremely current cards this year's players look at the micah parsons flips that sean had look at the mac jones flips look at you know i'm sure that you had some other flips in there as well for 2021 and, and mm -hmm. you're stocking up already because you know rated rookies are one of the more iconic sets so all those what? things uh taken into consideration plus plus you gave us a couple plays tonight man so that was good stuff. One one thing I wanted to add to it's and it's very this is very important for me. And it's one thing no matter what budget level you're doing, what cards you're buying, make sure you're having fun. If you're not having mm. fun and you're not enjoying yourself, 
If you're worried about that your wife's going to yell at you or you're worried, stressed about selling cards, back it down a little bit. Drop it down. You know, have, make, make sure you're having fun. This is supposed to be fun, right? This is a hobby. This is, you know, I know people do it for a business and I know there's a lot of money out there, right? And, and when there's money, people they take things really serious. But you need to have fun. You need to enjoy it. You need to, you know. This is what I love to do. I love to do the analysis. You know, I love to to find needles in a haystack and pull them out and be able to flip. I don't care if I get $100 for them, but being the one to find them first and sell them and make some money off them before, you know, that that that's the fun to me. And that that's why it keeps doing it, you know, and um, I'm trying to, buy, uh, you know, as I said, I've been able to get 300 PC cards out of the deal here uh, just with my profits and stuff like that. Uh, sure, I probably could have just went out and bought the cards, but I wouldn't have had the fun. I, you know what I mean? Not only do I have the cards, I still have the, the activity of flipping and selling and buying and the strategy and the, the you know, between the buyer and the seller and the making sure you get, you know, that that's the fun part to me. That's what I love. That's that's what I'm enjoying the most about it. So that's have it, fun. guys. Make sure you have fun. fun. Yeah. Have fun, man. You know, you know who I actually had fun buying this week? This guy right here. Can you can you recognize that guy, Sean? Yeah, John Connor. J uh, James James Connor. It's JC. Yeah, I, I always call I always call him John Connor. Damn. John Connor. Hey, well, he's the Terminator, man. Yeah, he's the Terminator right. in Arizona. Uh you know, I like a lot of things about James Connor. I like the the passion, the energy that he's he's brought to the football field since being at Pittsburgh. You know, he finally broke out whenever Le'Veon Bell went through his whole contract issue and all that mm -hmm. stuff and that was kind of like the demise of Le'Veon Bell's career as as we know it today and James Conner really stepped up granted Pittsburgh had a good offensive line they've got a great system for everybody but now James Conner is in Arizona he's flourishing in that system the guy just plays with a ton of passion and heart he's also something near and dear to my heart the man is a cancer survivor. Like he's he's been diagnosed with cancer. He's gone through mm -hmm. treatments. He's come out the other side, and he's playing in the NFL, man. He's playing a physical sport at the highest level and getting it done as a, a cancer yeah. survivor. Someone who went through chemotherapy that that is absolutely inspiring one, to me. That's definitely the one thing is to just to come back to be able to play, right? But to excel is is another thing. And actually, if we got time here, I just want to, if I'm probably going to disappear, but I put this graphic together for one of our future episodes about breaking down uh, uh, salary. And if you look at here, James Conner is 10th in PFF rank and 6th in fantasy rank. Mm. Right? And he's, he's set up to be a free agent next year, but I have no doubt that they'll be re-signing him. And he's actually would be somebody that I would be targeting on the Arizona Cardinals because I don't think he's hit his stride in the hobby yet. I don't think he's hit his 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 upper echelon values. Now no. maybe maybe if he excels in the playoffs this year, he might hit that point where next year you're paying that premium for him. But I'm trying to get in on some on some stuff right now for sure um, for him. The other thing that we need to talk about in a few episodes, I won't get into it too much here, is um, players' prices with guys that, like, for example, a guy that's been playing his whole career on a team, his values versus a guy at, at like, an equal player but who's played for multiple teams and his rookie card doesn't match his current team. Oh, right. I like I'd like that. to, I'd like to deep dive into that and see, right. Because I've been putting these team lots together. Well, Stefan Diggs is on the bills, but he's in a Vikings uniform and is, is that going to hurt? Should I include some mm. Stefan Diggs Buffalo cards? And, you know, so that got me thinking about that. So that's another talk that I'd like to, to, to chat with you about on a future episode here there you go guys uh stay tuned find us over at patreon.com slash football cards if you want to interact with us on a daily basis um or you know you tune in next week 
and we are going to be breaking down every team's salary cap situation for next year. We're going to be breaking down, like Sean just talked about, the difference between rookie cards that depict a current player in a different jersey versus their current team's jersey, which I think is very interesting. I'm looking forward to that analysis, Sean. Uh, So until next time, guys, peace. It's going to be fun, man. It is, absolutely. That's a a really interesting topic, dude. Yeah, I've been thinking...